Welcome to McChesney Unchained, a new show on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Before we jump into it, we want you to know that this is a little different than our other shows. Matt McChesney is going to give you an uncensored take on what's going on in the football world, and if you have kids around, you may want to listen to this at another time. McChesney's opinions do not represent those of BSN Denver, but they are real, and they come from a CU legend who spent six years battling in the NFL trenches. Now, sit back and enjoy the show. Dreams of earthquakes, dreams of hurricanes, dreams of pouring rain, dreams of tidal And welcome to episode 56 of the Chesney Unchained on the DNVR podcast network. Uh, check out everything at thednvr.com. It's an incredible service uh, that allows you know, a, a lot of the media in Denver to really run with their ideas. And it, you can tell on the site because uh, it's easily the best coverage on, in, on the front range. And <clears throat> honestly, I don't think you're going to find better coverage anywhere. So that again is thednvr.com. Right now, we are coming to you from 6-0 Studios here at 6-0 Strength and Fitness. The lab, as you can see, breaking down Minnesota right now as we get ready for the Broncos and the Vikings this weekend from Minneapolis. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today, obviously. Um, we're going to focus mainly on college football, but that is strictly because the Broncos were on a bye. So, go. as we discuss all of this good stuff and we turn our focus to the Minnesota Vikings as well. I personally think that, you know, a, a bye week is a good thing. Both the, the Buffs are on a bye week this week. The Broncos were on a bye week last week. How you handle the bye week is, is huge. So I guess we'll see what both teams can do, you know, with the Broncos coming off a bye from last and the Buffs coming off a bye from this week. Um, so as we roll on episode 56... Uh, we have a lot to talk about, like I said, uh, but first and foremost, I just want to tell everybody out there, if you are one of these cats that drives in the left lane in Colorado, the left lane in Colorado is meant for, for people that drive fast, okay, like me. So if you're a left lane slow driver, we should have a, an extra lane for fighting. Like, let's just pull over and fight because the fact that you're driving so slow makes me want to kill somebody. <laughs> so, I'm simply saying uh, that maybe you should figure out a way to drive a little bit faster because uh, the fact that you're driving so slow, it's driving me fucking crazy. Uh, so, if you're in the left lane in Colorado, get your ass out of the left lane because I'm telling you, you're in the wrong lane. So, that's neither here nor there. Uh, before we get into the college football uh, stuff that we're going to talk about here today on McChesney Unchained, Remember to go to shophonda.com or shophonda slash vote and vote for the Colorado High School Coach of the Year, excuse me, uh, or nominate somebody that you uh, think is doing a great job and not getting the shine. Again, that's shophonda slash vote, and you can vote for the Colorado High School Coach of the Year or nominate. Okay, so college football top four is out. LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, and UGA bring up the top four. Alabama, after their loss to LSU, sits at five. Oregon and Utah are six and seven. Minnesota's at eight. Penn State's at nine. Oklahoma's at 10. An undefeated Baylor team's at 11. And then you've got uh, Florida and Auburn. Okay, so a couple of things. Number one, I hate the eye test. I think if you earn an opportunity, you should go. You know, I understand that Alabama would probably mop up Baylor. But if Baylor finishes undefeated in the Big 12, they're going to the playoff, period. Um, and they deserve to. I, I don't like the eye test part of this situation. I hate it. I hate the eye test part of all the college football talk because it's all about earning your opportunity. And I don't give a shit what the eye test says. 
I care about wins and losses. And if you can't beat the teams in your conference, you don't get to go play for the national title. At least that's the way it should be. Um, I would not be surprised at all if Alabama sneaks into the four spot and nobody wants to see them there. And they end up playing LSU if LSU can get past Georgia. But there there could be a situation where Georgia beats LSU in the in the uh, SEC title game. LSU gets the four. Georgia gets the two. Ohio State goes one. Clemson goes two. Georgia goes three. And LSU goes four. And Alabama's on the outside looking in. So Alabama needs LSU to beat Georgia in the SEC title game so they can get into the four seed. The Ducks, the Utes, they need some things to happen. They need LSU to lose. They need Clemson to lose. They need guys to lose. Ohio State needs to lose in order for the Pac-12 to get in. It sucks that the Pac-12 has to be perfect to get in, but if that's the case, it's what it is. Baylor and Minnesota. If Minnesota wins out and wins the Big Ten, they're going. They're going to end up beating Ohio State if that's the case. They're going to have to beat a ranked Wisconsin team. They're on the road this week against Iowa. They've got big games in front of them. I didn't expect them to win last week against Penn State, but they did. So keep rowing that boat up there, P.J. Fleck, and obviously something's going on up there that's productive. Um, But Baylor is a team that's tricky. If Baylor figures out a way to go undefeated, they have to get into the playoff. You can't tell me an undefeated Big, Big 12 champion doesn't get in. An undefeated anything champion has to get in unless it's a non-power five. So I'd like to think that they can figure this out, but, man, I really hate the eye test part of this. It's really, really, really bothering me. So hopefully they just let everything get worked out on the field instead of trying to figure out a way to make this all work, you know, from an eye test perspective. Like, let's make sure everybody, you know, has their glasses today so we can eye test this shit. I just don't understand it. So I guess we'll see what happens there. So, the, the college football playoff is what it is. There's a lot of things that are going to get worked out. And, you know, that's the beauty of college football season. We'll see what happens. Uh, I was up at Stanford CU this weekend for homecoming. And CU got a huge win, 16-13. to 13. Defense played great. And the stars showed. Uh, two landmen, uh, uh, 20, Mustafa. I mean, uh, two 53, 20, and 34 were the best players on the field. They were NFL elite on Saturday, and you could tell. Um, the defense was awesome, and they're building on that. I understand it hasn't been great, but I'm going to go with the the opportunity to relish here and and show a little bit of love to the defense that played their ass off. And recruiting, honestly, has hit another level. You know, they they got this five star number one recruit to transfer in. He's going to be an absolute terror off the edge, something that they've needed desperately for years. That's only going to make Mustafa even better inside because you can't double team him anymore. Uh, hopefully, you know, two and Landman and and Davion's gone, obviously, but Mustafa, I hope they all come back. Um, I got to tip my cap to Hambright and, and Sherman and Tim Lanott. The offensive line played their asses off on Saturday. I thought Timmy was awesome at center. And then uh, Hambright was the offensive lineman of the, the week in the Pac-12, was kicking ass out there. And then Will Sherman is really turning into what I think could be a really high-round draft pick when he's a senior. Um, the recruiting the other day was It was outstanding. The guys they had there looked like the guys that I played with back in the day. And you can tell that the the guys are attracted to what Coach Tucker is selling. And, you know, he's actually presenting it. He's not really selling anything. He's just who he is. And guys want to play for him because he's real. And he's not afraid to take chances. And he's not afraid to play people. And he's not afraid to offer opportunity. And I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm so glad that Mel Tucker is the head coach at CU because I'm telling you, he's the right guy. He's the right fucking guy for this job. And he's going to turn this place into an absolute powerhouse. Trust me. Um, Also, check this out. I did the Inside the Zone podcast with Mark Johnson and head coach Mel Tucker this weekend or last week uh, for CU Washington, and it's up right now. And so you can go check that out uh, on the on Twitter. I've posted it on my uh, Twitter page, at 60Academy, and then it'll also be reposted at uh, DNVR Unchained. But it's at cubuffs.com, so go check it out. It's Mel Tucker's Inside the Zone podcast, and it's truly incredible. I thought the, the show was awesome. Um, we went for almost an hour, but we had to cut some of it out because of compliance, because of the job I do. And that's fine. It is what it is. Um, but I will say this. After sitting in the room with him and Mark for as long as we did and talking as long as we did, I truly believe that he's going to turn CU into an absolute dominant force. And the last thing that you want to see, the last thing that anybody wants to see, is see you back. 
because we are going to run the fucking Pac-12 South when that comes around, all right? So I'm really happy that they beat Stanford. Enjoy your bye week, men. You definitely deserve it. Everyone go check out the Inside the Zone podcast with Mark Johnson, Mel Tucker, and myself. Uh, it's posted up right now. It's on my Twitter page, at Six Zero Academy, at DNVR Unchained. And then also you can find it at cubus.com. Remember that all of our CU Bus talk is brought to you by our good friends at 10th and Uni, 10thanduni.com. Go check it out. Use the promo code GOBUFFS, or excuse me, promo code BUFFCLUB, and they'll get you a nice discount. I'm actually rocking one of their hats right now, uh, and I do every day. They're awesome products, and it's the old school Colorado swag, the cursive, and the, they got the light gold and the bright yellow. It's, it's awesome. Check it out, 10thanduni.com. Okay, so again, remember to go to Shop Honda. Uh, slash vote and vote for the high school coach of the year and then also uh, nominate somebody if you don't think that the right people are on the list and give back to all the hard hard working coaches out there trying to support uh, all these high school kids all right moving forward national football league all right Colin Kaepernick gets a workout Uh, the NFL essentially set this up for him to work out on Saturday which is weird because most guys work out on Tuesdays but this has been something that's been in the works for a long time so they just set the date there's scouts going. Do I think he gets a job off of this? No, I don't. Um, but at the same time, if he shows out, maybe enough time has passed for people to get over for people to get over the bullshit, you know, that that got him in all this trouble. He took a knee. He said what he had to say. Everybody, you know, said what they had to say. And honestly, we should be able to communicate about this topic now instead of just throw venom at it from either side. So hopefully, if he gets back into the National Football League, he can use that platform to keep pushing the narrative because I think it's important. But at the same time, if he doesn't get back in, it doesn't make his message any less important. We still need to pay mind to police brutality and racial inequality and everything else that's real. It's not like he's making this shit up. It is real. It's something that's actually happening. And if you're a white guy out there and you don't think it's happening, you're part of the fucking problem, man. I mean, everybody's equal, but we damn sure ain't the same in this country. And that sucks. It sucks. You shouldn't be judged on color. You should be judged on character. You shouldn't be judged on your race. You should be judged on how you respond, react, and lift people up. That's that's what makes you what you are, not how where you were born or how you were born or what color you are. I mean, I, I think it's it's almost like we need to get a fucking attacked by aliens or some shit for all the people to come together and put all all this dumb bullshit down. You know, we we talk. I'm not going to get on a rant about politics or anything, but I don't consider myself very religious or political because there's a lot of assumptions and finger pointing and. I actually had a couple of people get pissed off at me the other day because I didn't want to have the religious talk with them because it was very judgy. Just like I don't like having the political talk with people about Trump and then all the Democrats and the liberals. I'll just put it like this. Not a lot has changed. Okay, The same shit that we were arguing about when I was 18 when I first got the chance to vote is the same shit they're arguing about now when I'm 38 and 20 years later. So nothing's really changed. We're just rotating assholes in the Oval Office. And to be honest with you, uh, nothing's going to change unless everybody starts thinking differently, and hopefully that's the first step. But we'll see. Uh, so Colin Kaepernick, obviously, this is the kind of stuff he drives up. These are the kind of emotions he drives to the front of the of the conversation. So you're not talking about football necessarily. You're talking about politics and racial inequality and pol- police brutality, and that's what it is. It's not a bad thing. In fact, it's a good thing to talk about. I just hope that he can also separate that from football because nobody in the locker room wants to focus on that, especially if he comes in late. I don't anticipate him getting a job this year, but I do think he will get a job into the next offseason and be on the 90 and see if he can earn an opportunity. So I guess we'll see. Um, it's weird that they're doing it on Saturday, but whatever. The NFL is what it is. They're kind of dictating to Kaepernick right now, and he can't really do anything about it because this is his opportunity. Although I really hate the way the NFL does this to guys just kind of Take it or leave it, it is what it is. Good old boys league, if you know what I mean. All right, so uh, last week we had the great Steve Atwater, the GOAT, number 27, best strong safety in history, in my opinion, and the great Andrew Mason in to talk about Denver and Minnesota. And we're going we're gonna to put some of that in, in this week's show as well because it's relevant and the Broncos are on a bye. But I'll give you my two cents here. Number one, I think Brandon Allen needs to have an extended opportunity here, especially if he goes to Minnesota and plays well. And I'm predicting an upset. I think the Broncos go on the road and beat the Vikings in Minneapolis. And Brandon Allen, everybody starts drinking that Kool-Aid real hard. 
I think that Minnesota is going to look at this as an opportunity to beat up on a backup quarterback. The offensive line's not very good, quote-unquote, which I think is bullshit. I think Bowles will play well. I think he'll rise to the occasion and play Emerson Griffin really well. I anticipate the interior of the offensive line, Leary, Reisner, and McGovern, to go out and handle the interior of Joseph and, and those boys in Minnesota. And, and, you know, we'll see if Jawan James plays and how they rotate the tackles if he does. I know he practiced. So I don't think they're going to be able to just lock down Cortland Sutton. I think Phil Lindsay in space is going to be a problem. Um, Harrison Smith, the great strong safety, is going to be the guy that they probably try and isolate Noah Fant with. But again, I've seen a lot of tight ends just beat the shit out of Minnesota in the middle of the field, especially the Packers tight ends. So if they can do that, we can do it. Fant's really coming into his own. I just think this team has been playing with so much uh, momentum and so much just constructive energy since Brandon Allen walked in because they know they have to support the young man big time. They absolutely have to support him. And if they don't, they're going to get killed. So, you know, listen to what Steve and Mason and I had to say about this. And, you know, obviously it's great to have Steve Atwater in the room to talk about the Broncos and the Minnesota Vikings. But, you know, it, it's Mace and At, Atwater and myself got pretty deep on bowls and, you know, the future of the team and Brandon Allen and just – See what you think about what, what we had to say about that and how it translates into this week. And then when we get into next week's show, you know, it's either going to be, let's, you know, if Brandon Allen lost, do we let him go take the lumps in, in Buffalo and then get Drew Locke ready for a home start the next week? Or is it time to see Drew Locke? Or are we never going to see Drew Locke? I'm not really sure. So, Again, it was awesome to have Mason and Atwater in studio, and we're going to just replay a whole bunch of that uh, in this week's episode as well. So, episode 56 uh, rolls as we continue here on thednbr.com. Check it out. Go to 60strength.com to check out everything we do here at the gym. And then, uh, yeah, Steve Atwater, Andrew Mason, and myself finished out the show here on episode 56. National Football League. I'd, I'd like to... I don't like diving into what everyone did in the NFL. The Thursday night game tonight should be fun, interesting, rivalry. competitive. Yeah, Chargers Raiders. Yeah. Last Chargers Raiders game in Oakland. In Oakland, I think yep. that there definitely could be some batteries flying around. Um, <laughs> if I know my Raiders, so the the Raiders. I think the Raiders are the Raiders are showing me something, man. They I didn't expect them to be as competitive as they are. Cars really playing well under Gruden, and they seem to, like, rally the troops around everybody picking them to suck and everyone abandoning them from a player perspective. You know that, but, I mean, when I looked at Hard Knocks earlier this year, John Gruden does things to get those guys fired up. He does. You know, he, they he, seem to really like yeah, that guy. Yeah, he, he's got emotion. He's got charisma, and the, the guys like that. You so, know. I guess the, the question is, can you get three AFC teams out of the West? Because the winner of this game, the, the Raiders are sitting at 500, right? Yeah. And the Chargers are four and five. Four and five. So you got a five and four Raider team or a five and five Charger team. And then I'm assuming the Chiefs are still in line to win the West. But if I'm the Broncos, they were six and six last year at one point and then, and then nosedived. Why can't they be six and six again and take off this year and learn from it? So that's the motivation in the room for the Broncos when we go full circle on, on the Raiders and Chargers tonight. Great. They're going to play. At least we'll know who won and who lost moving into the weekend. The Broncos and their bye week this weekend, I hope that guys are not just taking the opportunity just to drink and party and go to Vegas. Like, they wouldn't do that. Our guys don't drink a lot. I, I think that this team, I think this team <laughs> under Brandon Allen, and I know I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, and Pig Suey, Steve. I mean, your, go, go your Arkansas guy stepped up. He did. When we're looking at the AFC West and the Denver Broncos moving forward, I'm going to ask both of you. Mace, you can go first. Mm -hmm. Is this Bronco team, Do they did they learn from their mistakes last year, and are they mature enough to attack the next half of the season the right way and support this quarterback the way we saw him support it on Sunday because that was a totally different football team? Well, I think the team will support him. I think I want to see – more game plans there tailored to supporting that quarterback. I'll give Rich Gangrello a lot of credit for 
understanding what he had with Brandon Allen, what he was ready to do, and giving him a game plan that he could execute. Now, that being said... I, you thought yeah. the game plan changed? I didn't think the game plan changed at all. I thought it was the same stuff Flacco was running. He could just act... It looked like Allen could actually run it. Well, for one thing, you're 21 yards out from the from the end zone, and you're giving Cortland Sutton the 50-50 ball. I loved seeing that. Even though... Could the throw have been better? Yes, but it, it's a testament to Cortland Sutton yeah. that it's inside... Not the best ball. He still makes a play on the ball. That shows me, okay, take more chances with Cortland Sutton in one-on-one coverage. And this is more just big picture rather than just Brandon Allen. I want to see Noah Fant in the flat like he like he was on that 75-yard play. In the That's flat? What do you mean? Left, left flat, ten, like 5 to 10 yards up. It's not a screen pass. No, the, the, a the fan ran a crossing route from yeah. across the field. Yeah. The problem with crossing routes is you have to protect. And it almost blew up. And it worked almost blew up, yeah, because it's a watch out block. Watch out, Brandon! Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a gr- look. I, I tip my cap to Brandon Allen for getting that ball away when he's getting drilled by Olivier Vernon. That that shows a lot about his composure. Uh, and look, it, absolutely, there's definitely a composure thing with Brandon Allen. I like. He looks like he was ready for his opportunity. And I'm telling you, young guys that haven't played in a while, when your opportunity comes, a lot of them aren't ready for it. Yeah. So I'm glad he was. I will say this though. Okay, the the football team played differently with Brandon Allen under center than they did with Joe Flacco. Why do you think that was? And I don't know. I was just getting ready to ask you this question. Yeah. So this is how I equate it. You guys won a Super Bowl in 97, okay, as an underdog. Or 98, right? Boom. 97. 98 you went in and you won 14 in a row, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then you were far from the underdog at that point. But when John went out, okay, you guys were playing hard and well and undefeated when he went out that second run, right? Mm-hmm. And Bubby came in. There yeah. was a difference in the team. It's like everybody knew they had to support the backup, but he brought like this juice and jive and, and, and but but yeah, yeah that, that swagger. And I feel like it's a totally different situation. I'm not saying the teams are the same. But Flacco is an established vet, and you know what you're going to get with him, and it's business-like. And I'm not saying he doesn't care or he didn't do a good job. But when Allen came in, everybody's rose their game and supported too, and it looked like everybody was having fun on Sunday, but man. You, you know what? The one thing that I've always said is that football is an emotional game. And when you get guys in that mindset to where they're, you know, they're in the zone, and mm-hmm. they're, they're playing emotional. Their emotions are involved with it. And they can still think. You know, they're not so much in a frenzy to where, you know, they can't think. But when guys are fired up, ready to play, honed in, they play much better than when you just, you know, you just, like you, you ter- get rolled out of bed, okay, I'm going to go over and play this game today. But and don't you think guys would be jived up to play with Joe? No, 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 no. I, I'm not saying that it's Joe. I'm just saying, in general, when guys are more fired up, they play better. So I guess the, the, the one of the differences and they, and they is were hyped up Emmanuel's and gone and Flacco's on the bench. And those are two vets that have big voices in the locker room that were no longer there. And this, the team I saw Sunday looked like a football team that was playing free and loose and in comp and like in the run. They didn't look like a team that's losing and out of, and out of it. I think that the, this group behind closed doors, I really think that there's a confidence with them and I would not be surprised at all if they go on a run. I, you can't sit here and tell me that Minnesota regardless of how good they are is unbeatable and Buff I mean give me a break man Buffalo Buffalo was bad last year Buffalo's terrible last year and, tr- and, and Ben trucked them yeah they got a great defense they look they but, but so do we yeah we do so, so no, do the Broncos no, no, so but it, it keeps it close it means that yeah. there's a chance in these two games to get it down to where one possession can win or lose you the game a- am I drinking the Kool Aid here too much though with Brandon Allen I mean I, well, I, he's setting me up for a huge failure if he goes out in Peterman's there's some <laughs> There's something to Brandon Allen. Dog. I like that. There's something to Brandon Allen. <laughs> Is he Peterman, better? Steve. I love that. The, 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 sta- the gold standard for bad quarterbacking. Peterman. Nathan Peterman. Yeah. Yeah. What were you doing this weekend, man? I Peterman. <laughs> but Brandon <laughs> Allen, yeah, he may not be 
Joe Flacco in terms of arm talent, all that, but it's possible. And this is sort of just my own observation, looking at how guys were interacting with him, looking at how the quarterback was talking to other guys. Brandon Allen may be a better leader for where this team is going as far as it's a younger core developing new leaders. Do you guys need to see Locke? I would like to see Locke. Even? Even if? Well, if if Brandon Allen... If Brandon Allen plays well in the next couple of games, I think maybe you push Drew Locke out to week 16 when the odds are... How are you you going to bench somebody that's showing progression in winning football games? Here's here's a potential plan that I've heard kicked around. The idea that you're eliminated before week 16 and then you do what the Houston Oilers did with Steve McNair... Back in his first couple of seasons. We're out of it. We're going to give the kid a couple of games here. See how far he's yeah. come that year. I'm cool with that, but Allen's a kid too. Oh, he's just not like you're sitting a vet. Yeah. I, I, look, I, I'd like to see where Brandon Allen can go at the same time. I watched every snap that he had in four preseasons. Right, I Steve, watch it. And I just, Mace, I think there's guys. a ceiling to Brandon Allen. Hey man. There's a ceiling to everybody. There's but damn sure a ceiling with Locke. Yeah, they're they're Tom Brady. Brady. But exactly. So, oh, uh, uh, no, hold on. Time out. Time he out. Always, time out. You know, he always goes to Tom I know he does. Always. I know. He's been doing this But at the same, it's it's right though. Allen's a six rounder too. Yeah. I'm just saying this. I'm saying this. You know what? Brady went in and won a game. Everybody like, man, we got to get another quarterback It's crap. Let's get Drew back. They, there were people clamoring for Drew to start the Super Bowl. Uh, look, I'll tell you right now. If, if Let's play this out over the next five games. If the Broncos go 4-1 and one in those five, which takes them to 5-1 and one with Brandon Allen. You can't bench him. Then he is going to play the last two games. And he should. Because they'll still be in it. They'll still be, they'll be seven and seven. They might I just, be in the playoff. Look, place. man, with the new CBA. But, but hold up. But with that, though, are you doing anything quarterback-wise in the draft next year? I'm not. I'm still taking a long, hard look at guys. I can't. You can't. Look, and I guess that's the next question here. <laughs> is the quarterback controversy, it, it could still be Flacco, too, guys. They restructured his contract. Yeah. Why get rid of him if you don't have to? Well, that was also an accounting thing where if you factor in dead money, it basically is the same next I year. I think the quarterback room next year, guys, is going to be Flacco, Locke, Brandon Allen, and Rippon. I think that's the four quarterbacks in the room and and to start training camp and they'll battle for the third spot and if they can get rid of Flacco during training camp they'll find a way to trade him if Brandon Allen and Locke are fighting for the for the job and if not they'll start Joe and they'll roll and and look people are going to be pissed off about that but again man I still think John thinks he's in win now mode I do and judging by what I see on defense and how good they're playing recently I think they, number one, they have to re-sign Justin Simmons. Please, the best strong safety I've ever seen play football in my life is Justin Simmons re-signable, and should he be the staple of consistency for the Broncos moving forward? I definitely think he should be re-signed, and, you know, there are whispers out there that, you know, is, is, is being worked on. Uh, I don't know. They need to get that done, though, right? If they they got to keep him here. If they get one re-signing done between now and Week 17, It'll be Justin Simmons. What about McGovern? And I'm biased because I work with Connor, but I think Connor's, regardless of all, I think there's a lot of people in the media out there, like yesterday, I heard, I almost crashed my car when I heard this. I heard media member X say, well, I think Derek Wolf is having a subpar year, almost a bad year, and he's not using his hands well. And I'm watching Derek Wolf have a... Like an all-pro season at three technique been, yeah, and been, dominating people. This is the best and pass rush, straight arm, flat back, and people from Tennessee, straight lock and shed, TFLs. I, he actually dominated the Bear game. So I, I just, the Colt game, he killed it the other day. That's lazy, lazy analytic, analytic work. So my point is this. Simmons needs to be re-signed. A lot of people are giving 68 because the, the line struggles. But I think the struggles is the left tackle, guys. And and I hate that it I, I hate that it's it's you know, let's not pick on Garrett, but the two tackles have been bad. Come on, hold up, bro. You can honestly say that Connor's one of the best offensive linemen on that team. Can I say he is one of them? Absolutely. Yeah. I think I I think on this squad right now, 
I think Reisner's your best offensive lineman, which is not a good thing if your rookie's the best player, but it's good for him. It's just not good for us. I think Connor needs to be re-signed at center, or you're going to just develop somebody for someone else. Do you think Connor is playing as good as... Um, Paradis? Yeah, Matt Paradis is playing. No, not yet. But, but I think he will. But he's only will. done this for a little while. But I will say this. This is why I, and I am biased here, because I work with, with McGovern constantly. He's yeah. always in the room. But that's why. Because he makes a mistake and goes to fix it. He can play both guards and center. All we're going to do is either spend the money on someone that doesn't know our system and hasn't put in the work, or draft someone and have to teach them how to play the position again and build around him for the future when you've already developed him. And Connor went from a fifth rounder and not playing to walked in here after his rookie year and we started going to work and he developed into their sixth man and then he developed into a starter at guard and then he started at the other guard and then center and now he's a starting center. And this is their first this is his first opportunity to start a full season at the position. And with him and his work ethic, I truly believe that he can be your your mainstay there for years to come. And I I do believe this, guys. I think when Ron moves on, because it's just a matter of time before Leary's gone, in my opinion. Although he's done yeoman's work this year. He's given, done pretty good, and he's been beat up. The, he's been really beat up. He's such too. a tough son of a bitch, man. Yeah. I got so much respect for Leary and how he plays and prepares. But 72 is a problem, guys. And ignoring the problem doesn't make it go away. And I don't understand how he's still in the field. And, it, and Jawan James, when he comes back, I need to see if he can play left tackle. Because Garrett Bowles can't be here anymore. He can't do it. I'm losing respect for the organization, oh, guys. I want to ask you guys both as players. You've, you never played with somebody that was that much of a liability, Steve. And, and this is the thing. If a guy keeps making the same mistakes over and over, but doesn't lose his job, what does that do in the locker room? Because I've heard, I've heard players even my tell wa- me, say, Even my wife brought it up. Like, how does this guy keep playing? Yeah. I've, she's... She doesn't know anything about football. She doesn't care, which is why I love her so much. And it's, why? how does this guy keep playing? It seems like the rules are different for him. Wow. If any one of us failed the way he's failing, the same thing's happening. I mean, hell, bro. At at Orange and Blue, I offended one person, and they jumped out of the bushes and fired me for it. (laughs) Hey, Matt, I need your pass back. I'm going in to do my show. Not today, you're not. Oh, I didn't know you were dressing up as Batman today. But, but look, yeah. I, I'm not trying to badmouth the kid, any, but come on. Give any credence to I. Yeah, and it's a tool. I will say this: when it comes to offensive and line, offensive line and defensive line grades, this is how I feel about it. We play a hundred plays, okay? For 98 of those plays, Garrett grades out at 98 percent, and he's kicking the hell out of somebody, and he does his job because that's all really offensive linemen have to do is their job. It's hard to get plus, plus, pluses, okay? But the other two plays, okay, are a, we'll say five plays, okay, are three holding penalties, which I've seen him have five in one game, which is negative 30 yards, which he can't make up for because he's an offensive lineman. He can't go get a pick. He can't get a sack. He can't bust a run. He has no control over it. He's just a lineman. So that 10 yards is compounded because you lose the yardage and the play. Number two, let's say the other two plays are strip sacks, which I've seen him do as well. And then the game is ruined or turned on those two plays. Well, Garrett just graded out at 95%, Steve. But the five plays he screwed up on are monumentally, catastrophically terrible. Consequently, if if I'm playing three technique and my five plays are those five, I get, I get three holding penalties called on me and then I have two strip sacks. But my other 95 plays, I'm out of my gap and they're seaming me and they go for 350 yards rushing. Well, I just graded out at 5%, but everybody's going to think I'm the shit because I just got two and a half sacks and a strip sack and I and three holding penalties called on my pressure. But the other 95 plays, I'm getting beat like a Cherokee drum. That's bad. And that's the way I look at this right now. And the repetitive mistakes, Brother Steve, you can't tell me that the repetitive mistakes are acceptable like this, bro. Well, What do we do about this? Because I know, I know you... And I know the way you think about the Broncos, and and I don't like throwing people under the bus. But I don't know how to. It's not a matter of, for me. It's not a matter of I, throwing people under the bus. I don't know how to sugarcoat this anymore. Play good football now. The whole penalties, nobody likes those. Garrett doesn't like them. Where where's like the good football been, bro? You guys seen any good football? No, dude. I've so wa- I've watched. Tell, wait, 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 I've wait. watched every so you snap. You can tell me that 
when you turn on the film, that do I think he's improved? You watch Garrett Bowles and you watch Conor McGovern. Who you think plays better? I think McGovern's had way better year than Bowles. I but but at, but at the that. same time they're playing totally different positions. I, I know two different positions. Connor Connor always has help. Connor always has help. Garrett rarely has help unless they're sliding to him. Yeah, our friend Justin and, Adams and no, no, put out that play at the end of the game. Come my boy. Said, oh, no, I, I guess know, a, Eli- Elijah and Garrett would be a, a better comparison because they're both playing tag. Elijah struggled as well. He struggled yeah. immensely. Yeah. So yeah. both yeah. guys have yeah. struggled. Yeah. It's it, the, get your piece in, mate. Well, Sorry. Yeah. Justin Adams, our friend from, yeah, our, our friend in Stace, the Stacy on movie. point like Stacy Adams, son. Yeah. His name is Stacy Adams. Stacy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stacy Adams. He showed, Adams. Well, he showed a play at the oh end God. of the game. It was the Philip Lindsay Wildcat snap. Said, hey, look, Garrett Bowles drop, blocks two guys. There's no effort from the Browns on that play. They've quit. And, and look, I'm not but saying. I, I'm not putting that I'm not saying Garrett can't be Garrett. good. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that he doesn't try. My problem with the situation is the repetitive nature of the mistakes. And then him, the, the two things that have really bothered me this year more than anything else are after the game when he said, I don't agree with the refs, I feel like they have an agenda. No, it's the same holding penalty for you that it is for everyone else. And then in the Kansas City game where he got his ass kicked and got his holding penalty on a national TV, did this to the ref, that is... It's a very, it's very concerning to me because he's he. I don't feel as if he's putting in the mental work to be successful, and it sucks when you have to question someone, question someone's mental work. So I feel like I'm questioning Paxton Lynch. What, what, what other mental work can he put in? What do you mean? I'm saying changing up the way he dictates his pass pass sets to the defensive players. A wide nine technique and a tight five technique should not have the same set pattern. Mm-hmm. Your hand shouldn't be the same all the time. He shouldn't be dropping his outside foot consistently. So do he you doesn't think understand so? the angles of so football. Do you think Mike Montek is teaching him that? No, I know he is. So that's what, that's my that's issue. That's the problem. Steve. It's not that he that's has my problem. I know damn well Mike's teaching him it. I know Coop's teaching him it. I don't. I think that Garrett thinks he's right. I swear to God, I do. And and sounds crazy, doesn't it? And I agree. It sounds nuts. I'm having a problem equating it in my head and rationalizing it. Well, it's either that or he's hearing it, but when he's getting out there in the game, he's reverting to every bad habit he's had before. And that's also... Look, he's definitely improving. No one's saying he's not improving. I'm saying there's zero consistency. And at that position, the only thing we can bank on is consistency. And once you've raised your game... To a level where Garrett Bowles shows me, if he can play that well against oh, who was they played uh, who they play after Jacksonville? That was the Chargers. They played the okay. He played that well against Bosa and Ingram and didn't have a holding penalty, didn't give up a pressure, didn't give up a sack. Was really really good the whole game, and Flacco was clean. When you show me that potentially, and then the next game you revert to. The, the same guy we saw last year and the year before, that's my issue, is I don't care how you get it done, but you've got to stop with the repetitive mistakes because it's going to cost him his job. So Regardless what you, of what we so think. So what are you proposing? You propose we, they, get, rid of, we I, get rid of him? Yes, he's got to go. Number one, he has, I mean, he he has, they, just don't re, they just don't re-sign him. His option's up. You, you, let the fifth, you, you pass on the fifth-year option and then – but what do you do next year? Do you just let him go, or do you give him a chance to fight for a depth spot? So, there so no, no, he's gone. You, you, there's no other position I, for I, I him. I don't see that, man. I, I, I don't see it. It depends on where they're drafting, in my opinion. You can't move him to a different spot. You just invested all this money in James. I'd like to think that they are going to have to. They have to make decisions on Leary, McGovern, and Elijah, right? Right. And in my personal opinion, the worst kid from Iowa seems like a good player, but it's such a crapshoot with the young guys because the development is something I talk about with my staff in here all the time. And all the guys we were talking to this morning, all the ex-pros that don't have a job right now that are in here working for one, from Casey Tucker who played at Stanford and, and Arizona State as a grad transfer and then was with the Eagles to to Big Sayo, who's just a lack of development and didn't really get any guidance and was with the Saints, to Big Rocky, who's going to BYU, it's it's a developmental problem. It's not a draft and stick 
You're not going to do that with offensive and defensive linemen anymore. Pass rushers, maybe. They can go in and be really athletic. You know, Saquon Barkley could come in and be super explosive and, and be a guy. But with offensive linemen, especially coming from spreads, and then you're asking them to come in and, and, and conform to a pro-style West Coast smash mouth, deuce block, ace block, trade block, cat, Terry Talley, Roger Louie, it's a ton of info. It's why, it's why my heart breaks a little every time I watch the Saints and see what Ryan Ramchick does. Because I watched Wisconsin but too. Pre, Breeze and Peyton yeah. protect him. Yeah. Because the ball's gone and the calls the calls are but he was set up. people in Wisconsin too, and you could see it even then. Well, that's true, but yeah. so was Garrett. Garrett kicked the hell out of people at Utah. He was also leading college football in holding. That's also true as well. Do I want to just give up on the kid? I don't mean to make it personal, but it's that if he wasn't a first round draft pick, he would have been gone already. Uh, it's like Tom Donahoe, the old Steelers GM said, "Get him good or get him gone." And I'd like I don't know the answer on where we go. Last year, when Trent Brown was available and the Broncos didn't go after him, I was devastated internally because that guy. They didn't want to get rid of Trent Brown anyway. Well, the, the, they could have got rid of him this year. They didn't. That, that's my point. They yeah. didn't go after him. So no, no, no but the risk is going to give him up. Either. No, no, no. That's no, no, no. no. Trent, that's Trent, Trent Brown. Brown's, Trent Brown's the Trent Brown's the monster from New England. And if you want to go ask about Trent Brown, he's Von ask, Miller thinks Von, he's the exactly. best player ever. Von Miller yeah. loves like, like okay. man, okay. toughest guy I've ever seen. Best yeah. player he's ever played against. So yeah, that okay. that's really what resonated with me. And then I watched him last year. He's a big. I have the all twenty-two here, so mm. we get every clip just like they're watching it in the film room, which I dig. And I just watched the All-22, the Patriot playoff games last year. And Trent Brown, in my opinion, he was the MVP of the playoffs in the Super Bowl. He should have won a, He was should have won the Super Bowl MVP. He was killing people in that game. Yeah. Okay, so let me just get a couple, a couple hypotheticals out here, okay? When we're talking about the quarterback position moving forward for your Denver Broncos, just think about these names as I say them. Joe Flacco, Cam Newton. Teddy Bridgewater, Andy Dalton, Nick Mullins, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Tua Tungavailoa, Justin Herbert, Jake Fromm. Those names I just threw out. And that's not even all of them. That's not even all. It's not close to all of them. First name that really hits you and goes, wow, that could be a possibility. Tom Brady's mine, but obviously I think that's a huge hypothetical. But so was Peyton Manning. Contracts up. They, hey, look, on, look! I can't stop. believe I can't know. believe it unless Peyton Manning also came here. I'm not saying I, I would never leave either. But crazier things have happened in Denver. No, it's not happening. Crazier things have happened. That's all I'm saying. I'm so there, there's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear it. Then and that's what I'm looking for. How about Matt Ryan? Because yeah. if Atlanta's won and whatever, and they want to restart, Matt Ryan could be on the trade block. They could restart, but here's an interesting possibility. I think Atlanta probably goes in the You're Josh a Georgia Mc... guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Atlanta's probably going in the Josh McDaniels direction. To hire Josh? Yes. Oh. Thomas Dimitrov and Josh go back to So the you Patriots. think they'll keep Matt and roll? Or, here's an idea. They trade Matt Ryan. They bring in Tom Brady, Stop. and they draft the quarterback speedy. of the Stop it! <laughs> Stop! You're full of shit, man. No, the one, look, the one thing about Tom Brady, if he leaves, is he going to want to go to some place where he's got some familiarity with coaches and the scheme, or is he going to want to start over? No, so he it, wants to go win. If he okay. leaves, he's not going to win I, in Atlanta, man. He's not going to go think, anywhere, no. first of all. Exactly. If Brady does leave, I don't think he will. If he does, I think he goes to Tennessee to play with his good buddy, Mike Brown. He said he's going to Atlanta. No, I'm just saying it's another possibility. I know. But I don't think Denver's a possibility. A, B, I, admittedly, I, you know, I do my number crunching thing. Oh, that's you. You are Mr. Analytics. There is a percept. It's not. It's it's not evident, but if you really dive into his production, there is a steady decline from 2016 to 2019 across the board. Yeah, but Tom Brady. With him. Yes. It should be. He's 20. He's 70. But here's the point: if you re-sign, if you sign Tom Brady. What are you getting if that if he doesn't arrest that decline? And what are the chances of a 43-year-old quarterback 
turning that in the other direction. Zero. Yeah, the odds are... We are not signing Tom Brady. Facts! If they they sign Tom Brady and his pace continues, his production is like Joe Flacco. Oh, my God. That's blasphemy. I'm sorry, but... Okay, so how about thing. how about the Cam Newton thing then? Because no. people are sitting here throwing no, Cam's no. Around, name around Denver no, right no, now. Not no, now, man. That's you know what, though? The thing with Cam is it's sort of the Peyton Manning thing because it's about the health. It's not a question of whether Cam is good enough when healthy, but have the injuries caught up to him to where he's never going to be I don't want to recycle anymore. That's I guess that's my point. I want Allen, Locke, Griffin... From Herbert to uh, and you know what? This is the way I feel about it. And tell me if I'm crazy, but the one that John says I want that guy, let's pick the other one. So if John's like, I want Herbert, I think we should pick, pick Fromm. Fromm and if Burrow. he says I want Fromm, I think we should pick Herbert. And if he says I want Tua, I think we should pick somebody else. I don't agree with that. The the, the Jake uh, Eason from Washington, if he comes out, he may be a good pick as well. You'll Platt see Joe Burrow revenue. on Saturday for LSU. Okay, so here's my question about Joe Burrow, yeah. okay? And I, I guess it goes full circle to the recruit question, too, because, like, for example, I worked with this kid named Cole Taylor. Right. Cole goes to Grand Junction Central on the other side of the Rockies. He was, he's 6'7", 260, and runs a 4.65, jumps through the roof. Before he started working with me on the distance program here at 6'0", he had no offers and nobody was looking at him. And after I signed him up and started pushing his tape, the whole time he was 6'7", 260, and ran well. Now he's going to LSU, he's, and he's got 30 offers since he started with me. Now, Joe Burrow last year was still a good player. He was just in a bad system. And no one thought he could play. And everyone's telling him, saying he was a bum and they should bring in an athlete and get rid of him. And now, because of the system, he's a first-round draft pick. So, uh, this is one of the reasons why I think the draft is so damn ridiculous. Like, it is just absolutely unequivocally ridiculous. Because, with the exception of Von Miller, some of the best players in Bronco history and on this team currently are undrafted or late-rounders. The whole damn team that you played really, on, 97, really, 98, half, half the damn team was really, undrafted. Really, that's and, and really where... That's the league. That, that's where the personnel guys make their money. It's not with the first, second one. It's so not. It, it's so the, first, the late rounders to undrafted guys, those it's are all scouts. scouts. Yep. And the Broncos yeah, right. have one of the... For all that's gone wrong with the Broncos, they have so one of the why best don't scouting they departments look, in the NFL. Why don't they listen to the scouts more when it comes to the big dogs? Good question. Why don't because those guys the scouts, have the same? Is it ego you know driven at the top? I because the the top picks don't pan out the same way the the later round guys do. That's why the undrafted cats, the Johnsons and Lindsays and Columbuses and Lepsises and God knows who else, the Glinkadrezes and Montavasas and guys like that are all late rounder gems that they find. That's why Rod Smith. So it's it's. Look, do I think Mr. Elway deserves to pull himself out of this hole? Damn straight I do. Do I think he's the right guy for the drop? Absolutely I do. I, every time the Broncos have been good, won a Super Bowl, that man's involved. And he needs to stay involved. I would like to think that the Broncos have the chance to turn it around now. I do believe this, guys. Oh, I, Tell me, if, am I crazy no. to believe that coming back from the bye, riding this wave... They can beat Minnesota, beat Buffalo, come home and play a really hard-fought, tight game against the Chargers, and then all of a sudden we are sitting there at six and six, right? Six and six. Six and six, ready to go. Things have happened. Yeah, it happened last year. So, do do you see that kind same kind of team here, two seven? Do you see that same kind of teammates, or am I crazy? I wouldn't say that they win these next three games. When I say I see a light at the end of the tunnel, I'm thinking I see this team building toward being a playoff team next year. I can see them getting there. But a key is keep as much of this defense together as possible, upgrade left tackle, re-sign McGovern. I'm huge on that. I'm right there with you on that. And one way or another, you've got to find the quarterback, a young quarterback, a cost-controlled quarterback that can be your long-term answer. And if you look, you've got some good skill guys. You got Phil, 
You got Cortland looking like the wide receiver one. That guy can play, man. That kid's special. Big Sean Stewart can catch ball. Right. Noah, Noah Fant has shown flashes. If they use him right, it's there with him to make plays. So you have some offensive playmakers. The D, I think, is going to be top three next is year. Is Wolf an unrestricted free agent? Yeah, because you got to resign. Is him. Harris an unrestricted free agent? Yes. My piece post. We bring those guys back. We bring back those yeah. two older players, right? I, you I'm have just to. saying exactly. I'm just saying exactly what I wrote after the Browns game on Sunday because I had a moment of clarity. Resign Wolf. Resign Simmons. Resign Chris Harris Jr. And yeah, you're spending heavily on the D. But if you got the cost-controlled quarterback and the right young quarterback, that's how it works. It's what Seattle did with Russell Wilson. So they had the D, guys, they had the quarterback. Andrew Mason, Steve Atwater, you guys are actually telling me right now the Broncos are a quarterback away. No, I agree. I think they're a, I think they're a quarterback, quarterback and in, a left tackle. Quarterback in at away. least in two to three linemen away, offensive linemen away. What else? And. With that, a, a two, I, I a number two, the number linemen, three receiver. Our offensive line room can improve with the guys that we have. You, you think so? Yes. You think I, that group can win? Well, mm. well, I think we need to add one or two guys to it. Yeah, you need you need to re-sign Connor, do, do, and then one more. You, were you ever benched tackle. as a player? My last year. I mean, not benched in a game. When you were young, were you ever benched? No. Okay. The best thing that ever happened to me was getting moved positions. Did you get benched? No, I I'd say I got benched because they moved me from defense to offense. So yeah, I got benched okay. in the most the most. There, yeah. But it was a humbling experience. My my point is this: I think that even if you want to keep seventy two around, which I'm not against. Come on, how much you got against Jerry Bowe? I'm I'm nothing personally against him, other than <laughs> other than he refuses to take advantage of the the gift that has been given to him. That's What's my that? that the first round tackle for the Denver Broncos and the ability to. Put in the work to show Mr. Elway that you're worth re-signing and being a ring of famer. That's what, and I love this team, and I I expect him to play at the same level I watched Zimmerman play at, and Tony Jones, and Ryan Clady, and Harris, and guys I played with, even Columbus. I mean, Columbus was a good player for him. So it's like it's like, don't you think he wants to play at that level too? I I think he does. I think people are trying to help him get there too, and he doesn't listen to anybody. And that's my point. It's when you're going full circle here on who they want to build around. If you want to keep Garrett here and you want to build around him, okay, I'm with that to a point. Mm -hmm. I want to see how he reacts when Jawan James is healthy and he gets benched. I want to see if he's going to pout or if he's going to perform. Who can put the race out there? Uh, Elijah a, a lot, just leave Elijah and see if Jawan can play left. And just look at it in the coaching room as a – Garrett went down because he's never been benched. And he's, in my opinion, I think a lot of guys oh, that have man, been man, sent to the pine man, come back better. Games, no, 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 no. He no, needs no, to. No. You need my games with him because obviously he has blackmail on somebody over there. <laughs> no, look, oh, I remember Send that. him to the bench and see if he comes back better. And if he does, then it worked. And if he doesn't, you know that he can't improve mentally and you got to go somewhere else. You know what told me that any guy, no matter how much talent they have, no matter how big a prospect, big in your plans that they are, can, can get benched and learn from it? Von Miller, week five, 2011. That's true. Season. He's getting blown up against the run. He's not hustling. And so you come out for the second half, and they're in base, and he's not there. They used him as a sub-package guy for half of a game. Mm. And, Von, and you know what? Von's been one of the best run-defending edge guys in the league. He's got to answer the question, too. Right. That's he, the thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He learned from that. It's, he said, no, oh, longer, it's right. no longer going to be presented after the game if it were to happen with Garrett, do you agree with the refs? It's Garrett, coaches put you on the bench today. How do you feel about it? And he's going to have to self-reflect and go, I've got to do more to get better. And that's all I'm looking for. He's been doing it already, I though. disagree. He's whole, been do- I disagree. On, uh, I disagree. After the games when he had to hold the penalty, he didn't say he had to get better? He was complaining he didn't about say the calls. He, had, he didn't. He complained about the calls and said that the refs have an agenda against him. Yeah, I feel like the refs. Yeah, you know he did. See? No, see I, I listened to the but whole still, thing. Still, but yeah, still, you're right. I, he did. I, I was there. Garrett, I'm sorry. Garrett is a worker, and he is working to get better, though, man. But I don't know. No, look, he well, may be working to get better, 
But doing the same thing over and over again and thinking that you're doing something right is crazy. And sometimes it's insane. You he think... needs to change the way he's doing things. Yeah, he's got to. No, that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything if he doesn't listen, Steve. You think he listens? No, I don't. I watched. I watched. I watched Munchak take Andrew Villanueva from a nothing tight end to an All Pro because he listened. And when I watch Garrett do the same thing over and over again, and then the feedback I get from the meeting room is <laughs> they just laugh at it and move on because they can't get through to him, that's not good. That's not good. And what Vandio said last week when he said, you know, I think Garrett plays with a lot of confidence and some of it is unwarranted, and then the oh. next question, it was, and, uh... uh oh, yeah, uh, It took him like 30 seconds. seconds. Yeah. I, I timed it. It was 3.3 seconds. Uh, uh, I, it reminded me of... It's like he's trying to start a car. Well, it was it was an old Lisa Simpson <laughs> quote where Homer asks, am I a little bit fat? And there's a pause, and Lisa says, sorry, Dad, it takes time to properly sugarcoat a response. Yeah. Oh, That's what it felt like. So it, He was trying to figure out what to say. I, I, I also think when they got rid of Paxton, it set a tone in the room, and was he was too late. People were like, it's about time. I think that's going to be the same thing with Garrett. If people are going to be in the room at Dove Valley, they're going to be like, well, it's about time. I think they've missed their boat on setting the tone on what happens if you don't perform. Period. And, and but, 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 just, but answer this question, okay? Up to this point, what could they have done differently? Who, if you mention who you play? This year? Yeah. No, you can't. You can't. Ben, they don't have it. Jawan got hurt. Well, I mean, what's wrong with, I mean, if Jawan James would have been What's healthy, wrong with taking him out for I think, a series? I think Elijah would have been starting already if Jawan was healthy. Yeah. I mean, even without Jawan, what would have been so bad about putting Jake Rogers in for a series? Well, this is my point is yeah. why does Garrett have this can't get benched because he works hard? It's it's okay. Adam Gotsis got benched for much less than this. I mean, everybody works hard. Yeah. Most guys in the NFL work hard. So if 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 he's a hard worker and that's why we shouldn't bench him, that's mm-hmm. not going to fly for me. It's not going to work. So I guess we'll see. But I do but want them to resign thirty-one. Right? Yeah, everyone, everyone is making mistakes, game? but they're not getting five holding penalties. Steve, come yeah, on. That was one game. It's, he led the league in holding penalties, penalties for yeah, like three years and in college. college. He has ten this year, Steve. He already has matched his career high for holding penalties in a season in nine games. This is true. This is true. All right, all right. This, that is what it we is. Are, but we are. All right, so, so quick time, time out, time out, time out. All right, all right. I am Matt McChesney. That is the great Andrew Mason. That is the great Steve Atwater. Picks. Okay? <clears throat> We're not going to get you. Okay, for the rest of the year, you guys won't come in again. Unless you want to. I'm, I'm always Broncos I'm always have interested. what, six left? Uh, seven, seven games, seven left. games, seven games left. left. How do they finish? Are they three and four, four and three, five and two? How do you see them finishing? How do you see their record at the end of the year? Are they a playoff team? Do they finish competitively with a lot of juice going into next? Three and four. Three and four. With there are finish six and ten. There's a couple of heartbreakers, but I'm gonna say they got these four tough road games in the next five weeks: Minnesota, Buffalo, home for the Chargers. Then at Houston, at Kansas City, they're going to win one of those games, and that's going to be the game that at the end of the year we look at and say, this is the first sign of a team coming together and positioning themselves for 2020. Andrew Mason. Steve Atwater, what do you think? One, two, three. You're going to take them to win seven? I'm going to say five. Five and two? Yeah, five and two. And I agree with you. I think the Broncos finish nine and seven, and – are fighting for that six seed. Well, I would not. Five and two is eight and eight, though. Okay, then I'm gonna go six and one. I'm gonna <laughs> go six and one, and and I know I'm a homer, and I know people are gonna call me crazy, but I would not be, I would not be surprised at all if they are playing the Raiders on the last day of the season, in my in, whatever it's called in power. Just call it my high. In Empower. And why would you put red on the Broncos Stadium, by the way? It's yeah, terrible. Yeah, didn't we live through that with Sports Awful. Authority? So, it, it, I feel like they're going to play the Raiders and get a little payback that night on the last game, last game of the season. Good? 
Like that? I hope you're right. And I'm Me wrong. too, because that would really kick ass. All right, so like I said, go to the uh, go to the You can check out all the podcasts. Go to the top six and check out the film series uh, that we put up each and every week. I'm actually going to show Steve one of the films right now because I want him to see what I'm talking about with Garrett Bowles on it, on the reel. I want to show you the angles and what I'm talking about. And then so I already uh, watched it online, so I know exactly. You already saw it. Nice, nice. Okay. Yeah. Episode fifty-six will be up next week. Hopefully, the bus get a W, and we can talk about that a little bit. And uh, remember, next week, uh, Inside the Zone podcast will be up with me and Mel Tucker and Mark Jackson. Um, I am Matt McChesney. Top six is off next week because the Broncos are off. Uh, it's going to be a great weekend, though, folks. So stay safe. Have fun at homecoming, Andrew. Thank you so much, brother. Appreciate Mr. Steve Atwater. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Thank you so much, brother. This is episode 55. I'm Matt McChesney coming to you from 60 Studios here at 60 Strength. Thanks, folks.